saw that this is something a number of Rishonim discussed. A number of Rishonim were challenged with this Shaila, and that is, where, why doesn't the Torah talk about Ayam Why does the Torah only offer punishment in the physical world? It doesn't discuss Gehenim. And why does the Torah only offer reward in the physical world, whether it will be rain, whether it will be physical success, plenty, peace, whatever it's going to be? It doesn't talk about Ayam Abba. Was at a young age, under the age of 60, it could be five So, yes, there's a spiritual chorus also, but it doesn't have to be only spiritual by nature. Okay, so what are the answers? We said the number of Rishonim discussed this question, and they give a number of different answers. So, before we get to the Kazari's answer, I'd like to talk about the Ramban's answer first. The Ramban, in two places in the Torah, talks about this question, and he says the same side by both of them. And what the Ramban says is that the reason why the Torah doesn't discuss reward and punishment, that the person will get what he does after his nifta in the world of Nishamas, the Ramban says, it's an interesting shot, the Ramban says, because that's not a chilish. That's not a chilish. Because we understand that if a person does what Hashem wants, of course, Hashem is going to reward him. If a person disobeys Hashem, we understand he's going to get punished. And therefore, the fact that there's reward and punishment long-term isn't a chiddush. What is a chiddush is that Hashem is prepared to change the way this world runs because of that. Says the Ramban, because there's no logic that because Klai Yisrael are keeping mitzvahs, it should rain. The cycle of the weather doesn't depend on what we do. And therefore, to say that the weather is going to change, because we kept the mitzvah, this is a big Kiddush. If Hashem has to intervene in the system, so to speak, and change it. If the Torah tells us, if you listen to Hashem, there will be rain. And if you don't listen to Hashem, there won't be rain. That's what the Ramban's talking about. For example, there's no physical, rational explanation for that. That's something which is in the category of Hashem inter- intervening to change the laws of nature. And therefore, says the Ramban, that for Hashem to change the way He set up this world to run, is a bigger chiddush than the fact that Hashem can reward people. We expect Hashem to reward people for what they do, and we, ex- we can understand that's, that the reward will be in a way which doesn't interfere with the, world, with the running of this world. But the fact that it's beyond that, and it even changes things over here, within this world, that's a much bigger chiddush. And therefore, that's what, that's what the Torah always emphasizes. And that is that it's not just a spiritual cause and effect. What we do has a physical cause and effect also. That what the mason we do will change, will make a difference to the way that this world runs. And therefore, Ramban writes, that's the bigger Kiddush, and maybe that's why the Torah has to emphasize that point. Where one might think on this world, shared last night, we have the three different questions to be asked. The first one is, why doesn't the Torah talk about Gehenim and Gehenim? The second question is, if the Torah doesn't talk about it, then how do we know about it? And then the third question is, how do we relate to the concept when the Torah doesn't give us a, vis- a visual, physical explanation of what these things are. So the Ramban's only so far spoken about point number one. In other words, now obviously the next point is, so how do we know about Gan- um, Ganeid and Gehenna? Well, maybe this is the whole thing. In other words, how do we know that there's more than what the Torah says? The only point that Ramban's answering first is, why does the Torah focus on this world? And the Torah says, and the Ramban says, the Torah focuses on this world because that's something which isn't logical. It's not logical that what we do should change the way the world runs because it also fits into the general principle that Hashem doesn't look to do miracles in the way He runs the world. 
And therefore, the fact that nature is going to change based on what we do is a Kiddush. And that's the Torah mentions the Kiddush. That's the Ramban's explanation. The Kuzari's explanation, which we're going to read inside the next few paragraphs, he gives it in the given text, we'll go through it. But just push it first, uh, the, I said outside, to outline his, what his argument is going to be, is, again, remember the Kuzari is coming to present the case for Yiddishkeit as opposed to the other religions, because that's what he was challenged with. He was challenged that Christianity, Islam, the other religions, offer the reward for their adherence, the reward for belief, paradise, utopia, whatever physical pleasure they're going to offer, that's all they speak about. Whereas the Torah never talks about that. So when the Kuzari asked the question to the Chacham, it was in the sense of a challenge, that why don't you match what the other religions are offering? The answer the Chacham gives is a very straightforward answer. And this fits into the, what we've seen in the Kuzari in the last 10 or 15 points he's made. And that is, is he returns the question like this. And he says, when another religion promises that the reward for its adherence is paradise in the future, and the punishment for people who don't believe is eternal uh, gehenim. Right? How are you going to know if that's true or not? Who is going to be the one to prove it? And tell you if it happens or doesn't happen. Right? There's no way to know. Because if the only way a person is going to see or to, to get rewarded is after he's dead. And the only way he's going to get punished is when he's no longer here. So how do we know it's only true? You can make up anything you like. And say so it happens after a person dies and no one's going to know. Because you have nowhere to prove it, you have nowhere to disprove it. And therefore he says it's exactly the other way around. The Torah is only going to tell you things which you can see for yourself it's true. You don't have to rely on some possibility which you have no way of verifying. The Torah tells you very clearly, if you don't keep the Torah, there won't be rain. You, don't, you can see it for yourselves. And if you keep Shemitah, you'll get a double crop the next, the previous year. You can see it for yourselves. And therefore, the Torah's reward and punishment system proves itself. Because you can test it for yourself. You see if it happens or not. Verifiable. It's verifiable. And, then, and therefore, it's not more than that. Therefore, it's true. Something which you have no way of verifying, you can promise what you like. No one's going to hold you to justice. No one's going to prove you wrong. And therefore, he says it's the other way around. The other religions only could promise something in, which happens after a person dies because that's why they're in safe territory. They can say what they like and you'll never have to be able to prove it or disprove it. Whereas when it comes to the Torah, the Torah wants to show you that it's Amos. And if that's the case, the Torah is going to give you immediate cause and effect. And the Torah doesn't need to go, look again, how do we know about the, the proof of Olam Abba? We'll talk about that next. Why doesn't the Torah go that route? Because the Torah is trying to instill the Emunah of Scharva Enish. And the Emunah of Scharva Enish is you'll see it for yourself. If you keep the Torah, you'll see the reward. And if you don't keep the Torah, you'll see the punishment. And it will be something which you can see with your own eyes right here. And not only that, in the time when there was Nebuah, it was pretty much immediately. It was pretty much immediate. There wasn't a long time later. And if that's the case, we made a week, that itself proves the veracity of the Torah. People have got the Torah and not see the word from the... Second Mahalach. The Mahalach of the Kuzar. Something which everyone knows you can't prove, you can say what you like. He's going to prove you wrong. Right. Now the third, the third approach is the approach of the Rashbah. The Rashbah asked this question, he was asked this question in Chavis, and the Rashbah gives his answer with a Haktama. A Haktama, which maybe let's say it like this. Well, the, the Rashbah says, the Rashbah says that if you look in the Torah, the Torah never speaks about physical, spiritual things. 
It's not just about reward and punishment. The Torah doesn't talk about the Kisya Kavan. The Torah doesn't talk about the world of the Malachim. The Torah doesn't talk about spiritual things. The Torah talks about everything which happens in the physical world. And in those few references that the Torah makes to Malachim, it's normally in the context of a Nebuah. For example, in Yaakov's dream, he saw Malachim in the context of a Nebuah. When Avraham Avinu saw Malachim, it's because they came to dress like people. And therefore, even when the Torah does talk about Malachim, it's how Malachim interact with our world. Whereas talking about what happens in the world of the Malachim, the Torah doesn't discuss that. Why not? Why not? So the Rashma says the Yisoyed, which the Nefesh Achayim also says later on, in Shaddadad, and he says that really, the Torah defines each world, but it's read differently. What we have is a Torah which talks about the world we're in. You could read the Torah differently. And that was talking about the, a different dimension of creation. And therefore, it's true, in our physical Torah, it talks about physical activities, physical mitzvahs and various stories which happen to people. That's the Torah that applies to what we call the Eidam the world of physical people. The same Torah could be read and interpreted as it applies to the world of Malachim. The same Torah can be read and interpreted as it applies to the world of Ruchnius. And it's not, this is not something which is a, such a secret to us, because we know it. The Zara does that. The Zara is a period in the Torah, and pretty much what he does is he goes through stories of the Torah and interprets them in terms of Ruchnius. And then if you read what the Zara, the Zara explains to him, you'll see that it's referring to concepts, not people, and the, the whole thing makes sense on a completely different level. And therefore, says the Rashba, you can't ask questions about why the Torah we have doesn't talk about spiritual things. The Torah we have is the, is the Torah which speaks to the physical world. Is there a Torah which speaks to the spiritual world? For sure there is. But then you have to read the whole Torah differently. You have to read the Torah as it applies to that level. And therefore, like I said, if you look in the Sifre Kabbalah, this, I'm giving the Zara as the example, so the same, the same concepts the Torah talks about, which we see as physical things, he interprets and talks about spiritual things. And then for sure the Torah talks about Alimaba. And for sure it talks about spiritual levels. Not only that. In last week's Pasha, we had Pasha's Bakudeh. A week and a half ago. The Zara in Pasha's Bakudeh has a, maybe one of the longest Pasha's in the Zara Bakudeh. He has what's called the Hechonis. And he reads into the Pesukim of Bakudeh, right? All about the seven levels of Gan and the seven levels of Gehenna. It's all there. He got it from the Pesukim. Except you won't see it in the Pasuk because you're reading the Pasuk as it's referring to things here. Hashem built the Mishkan. Right? But if you're looking at the Torah as it refers to a level of Ruchnius, then it's talking about a different level. And therefore, says the Rashba, it's not a question. The, 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 it's true, the way we read the Torah is as it refers to the Torah, which is given to us, which is talking to physical people and talks about the con- in the context of the physical world. Reward and punishment in the physical world? Reward is plenty, reward is children, reward is livestock, reward is peace, reward is money, whatever it's going to be that Hashem promises us here. And if you're going to reinterpret that parasha and understand it on a different level, then the, the concepts change. And that's the, the Torah is referring to something on that level. If you're talking about punishment in the physical world, then the Torah tells you the punishment in the physical world. Whether it's enemies, whether it's sickness, whether it's uh, Yusurim, whatever it's going to be, that's the, so that's the punishment on this level. If you want to reread the Torah and understand it on a deeper level, then the Torah will talk about the punishment on that level. It's all there. But we can't ask about the way we have the Torah written, about how, how, what happens on other levels. That's not, the, that's not, so to speak, the period of the Torah that we have right here. Right, 100%. When did the Shachayim talk about this? When the famous Gemara, where it says that the Malachim wanted the Torah. And the obvious question is, what do they want from the Torah? It doesn't talk to them. And the answer is, you're right. The interpretation we have of the Torah doesn't talk to them. 
They wanted the Torah as it applies to them. Is that dangerous to say? Example. When, we, when the Torah talks about rain, physically, rain is water. And water we need because if we farmers and we want to irrigate the ground and we want our plants to grow, we need rain. Right? You go level, level up, rain is talking about Shefa. Now, that's just a different concept. It doesn't mean water, it means something else. You go a level higher than that, right? The Musak of Tchir Samesim is always referred to as the Tal Tchir, is the rain, so to speak, the Jew of Tchir Samesim. What's that? It's water? No, it's something else. But it's the same concept. So now, it, it just depends on which level we're talking. The lesser that doesn't apply to we're not, we're not changing mitzvahs. We're changing concepts. And based on the level you're talking, that's, how the, that's what the concept means. And therefore, when the Torah says, for example, Geshem Ledovos, Tanif Elakim Nechadosecho, so if you're talking about this world, Geshem Ledovos is the rainfall we need for the crops. If you're talking at a high level, that possibly Gedovah Ramayim has asked for Tchir Samesim. But then again, what, the Torah, did the Torah say, Hashem is going to send Tchir Samesim in those words? No. It's, the question is, the Musagim of the Torah, on what level are they talking about? So what was the Mershim? The Nefeshachayim, the Lord has heard the Nefeshachayim, that it says, that Nosher Ben is only one point. And that is, since there is a lower interpretation, if you're going to hold the chain, you have to start from the bottom. We explain that the mile of the connection we have to the Torah is that since we're at the very bottom, we can hold the end of the chain, which can affect everything else. And therefore, Moshe is arguing for Malachim, you write Malachim. There is a Torah on your level. But there's a lower Torah too. And therefore, if you want to work on, 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 with the Torah, you have to start from the very bottom. So the Torah has to go down to its lowest level in order to start for that to hold the other end, so to speak, which you can work with in order to to connect like everything, like Nevesh Chaim says. Okay, that's what I'm talking about tonight. There is a fourth explanation, the explanation of the Rambam. But it's that, as Hashem, it needs an introduction, so we'll start the next year, a week after Chalam, we'll start with the, the, the period of the Rambam in explaining this point.